Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the American Filmmaker Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Kenny Dalshimer. Kenny is the director of a wonderful film about one of the first women folk musicians to emerge, and her name was Alice Gerard. And the film is called You Gave Me a Song, The Life and Music of Alice Gerard. So on this episode, we go through a wonderful musical journey, as well as a historical journey from the perspective of a woman musician who broke many societal boundaries that were set up for women as she created and preserved some of this American roots music tradition. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to, you know, come on the American Filmmaker Podcast. Well, it's great. Uh, a great invitation. I love what you're doing with the podcast, and I hope we have a good conversation and uh, look forward to it. I just want to thank you for the film You Gave Me a Song, The Life and Music of Alice Gerard. I really appreciate the film and the music and kind of the culture that you were able to capture with it. I'm curious where this creative journey started and when you realized that you might want to become a filmmaker and, more importantly, a storyteller. Starting before you gave me a song, I, I was a middle school teacher for 10 years at a Quaker school here in Durham, Carolina Friends School, and I taught social studies and language arts and uh, media studies and other things in, in the middle school. And I used documentary films in some of my classes, and after teaching for eight or nine years, and in the 10th year, I decided I wanted to make my own films and, and kind of learn a new uh, craft and art outside of the classroom. So that's, that's kind of when I started in 96, 97. And I didn't go to film school. I learned uh, from filmmakers living in the Durham, North Carolina area and read a lot um, online. It was, it was kind of the digital, digital revolution uh, during that time. So getting into video was somewhat easier than it might have been 10 years prior to that. So that's how I got into filmmaking. And the, uh, you gave me a song, which is my ninth or tenth film, came about. The story goes, I was at a part birthday party. There were some old-time musicians playing, taking a break in the kitchen. We were hanging around, drinking beers and talking. I shared that I am a documentary filmmaker, and, and several of them said, you should make a film about Alice Gerard. And I had not heard of Alice nor heard her music before that gathering in the kitchen. So... What really hooked me in that kitchen was the conversation we had about Alice's Grammy-nominated album, Follow the Music, and there was a little bit of uh, discussion about the music being kind of straying outside the tradition, and some folks really liked it, but some didn't, and um, it just got me thinking, well, well, this sounds interesting, you know, an 80-year-old artist, and she has this... Grammy-nominated album that is sounds really interesting. It sounds like there's a story even in that album. So I left the party, uh, Googled Alice Gerard, learned about Alice, Alice and Hazel, and then I emailed some really important Southern historians, uh, Bill Ferris and others. Bill Ferris is at UNC and an amazing documentarian. 
and Bill forwarded my email to some others. Uh, and in the email, I asked, so is, it, is Alice Gerard uh, worthy of a documentary? And the unanimous response was yes. So the next step was I had to meet Alice, which uh, we met at a coffee shop, and I shared with Alice that I wanted to you know, follow her for a year or more and um, tell her story, and she wanted to think about it initially. And uh, after a week or two, she said, sure. So that's when the journey started. And I am so uh, grateful. I feel blessed to have met Alice and uh, her uh, really partnership collaboration on the project was amazing. Um, as a documentarian herself, she helped a lot and kind of got what I was working to do over several years in telling her story and the story of the music. So. That's the story of You Gave Me a Song and a little about me. Before going into this film, what were some of your earlier films about? Because I know that's really important to the creative process. And in a way, those early inspirations build the talent and the skill so that these later films are diamonds. The stories come out of the fabric in a way because of all those early films. Can you talk about those early experiences and like what those films were about? My very first film was about uh, stock car racing uh, short track in North Carolina, Orange County Speedway is in Rougemont, north of Durham. And I, that's what I, that's kind of my, I call my graduate student project because I didn't go to school and so I kind of learned a lot about filmmaking in making that film. And then I, I kind of got into a, a little bit of a, a filmmaking groove with films about artists and the creative process. And that would include a film about Richard Trice, who was a blues musician who lived in Durham. And when we met him, I worked on the this film with Jamie Hishlin, who I taught with at Friends School. And this was a, a music film, though Richard wasn't playing, but it was about the, the life of a bluesman and his journey in secular and sacred circles of life. Then uh, I worked on a film about uh, disability rights with A New Kind of Listening, which was another film about the power of the arts and how creativity can break down barriers and empower uh, people, especially people with disabilities. And then there were films about George Roos, who's an amazing photographer and installation artist from Paris who came to Durham for a public art project, another film about art creativity, the power of public art uh, to bring, build community. And then films about Sylvia Hyden, a tapestry weaver, amazing uh, woman from Basel, Switzerland originally, and then uh, moved to Durham. Another artist, a biodoc about Patrick Darty, who is an environmental sculptor, um, weaves magical uh, sculptures out of sticks and saplings. So those were a lot of the creative process and the celebration of artists and their lives and their art journey. What is really special about the Alice film is Alice is a musician. She's still playing. So music uh, I got to listen to and shoot and be around a lot of amazing music, and I immersed myself in it, and, and this was music that I did not encounter much. Um, I didn't listen to it much before the project. So the other part of the 
the Alice Gerard film is the archive heavy part of the storytelling. So other films I, I had, I made use of photographs and some video and archival footage, but this film, it was heavily archival storytelling. And I love that. And it was a new thing. Uh, I'd like to do, I'd like to learn more about it and do it again. But it's kind of what made this project different and, and kind of took me to a different place as a filmmaker. Again, I'm grateful that Alice had an archive that she opened up to me and shared. And uh, there were others, John Cohn, who passed recently. His photography is amazing and helped in telling this story. Uh, Betsy Siggins, her photographs are really prominent in the film. So, so yeah, so that's kind of the, I, I guess, where this film sits on this continuum of a filmmaker journey, maybe. And it was, it was a really fun project. It, you know, I think it was more fun and rewarding than many others in the, in the way that I developed a relationship with Alice and really got to dig into a story about a family and her, her children were amazing and helped to tell the story. And so I really grew, you know, close to that, uh, those people and through their sharing about their lives. I felt that while I was watching it, there was this presence of archival footage that really documents the journey of Alice into the music and then throughout her life as she's preserving it. You can feel it. You can really, really feel it. And yeah. and it really makes this film quite, quite special uh, because you feel the decades of the human journey. And I think oftentimes today there's so much quick satisfaction that happens that that respect for the marathon or or the long road to creativity. Was there anything, you know, maybe just filmmaker messages or even creative messages for people listening who are creative that while filming, I guess, all of these films came through? Because in a way, you're telling the story of a blues musician who's had to live a life. And then the same thing with with Alice and then all of these artists and the creative process. Is there anything, you know, as a former teacher that, you know, you were able to glean from these films that you put into your processes? Yeah, so my approach to filmmaking is one that many filmmakers follow, but I, first, I, I don't use scripts and narration in general that it, you know, I don't think any of my films really use that. There's a couple of collaborations that had had you know quasi scripts, but in the most part, there's not a an omniscient narrator voice. So I I use the footage that is acquired and the interviews to weave together the story. And you know, again, I didn't go to film school, but I uh, studied anthropology. That's where my college training came from, and I always felt that the the relationship between the the maker or the anthropologist or the, the whatever the filmmaker and the subject was a really important relationship to acknowledge and and know that it's there and uh, it's something that filmmakers are talking a lot about now especially as it relates to power relationships and ways that filmmakers can you know make missteps in their 
filmmaking process in not respecting that that relationship and the voice of their subjects um, or giving it a weight that it needs to have. So what I've learned and what I think I bring to my films is I I try to, you know, the film kind of is growing out of these interviews, you know, the many hours of interviews and in this case the the archival material was really important in kind of guiding me in how the story might go. And I did, you know, I also should say that filmmakers uh, do make and create and construct the story. So it's not like it's, you know, magically appears. So I had a an outline and I had a, uh, a combination of a chronology and a, a list of music that connected with Alice's life and contemporary verite scenes, which I kind of blocked out in this uh, kind of three or four tier outline. So so I did have a I had a vision that I brought to this I think which which helped to make it what it is but again I think it, it is the the voices of the interviews and allowing them to kind of be the storytellers that you know is what guides me. I also want to shout out to my editor Kelly Creeden who um, this is a film where which I don't think I could have edited anywhere near as beautifully as Kelly did. So I provided the director vision, and Kelly, I think, executed it pretty amazingly. And a lot of the power of the film is a result of her eye and ear and selecting you know, ways to tell this story. I'm super glad you said that, because I think sometimes filmmakers think they have to go it all alone or... Or, you know, they exist in a vacuum. But really, you have a wonderful creative team around this film. I was reading Kelly's bio, and I was blown away. It was one of those yes. bios you read, and you're like, wow, you yeah. are another master storyteller. And then you go, oh, my gosh, you've got a team of them. I see why you brought them together for this. This really is a special film. In addition to Kelly, Ashley Melzer, my co-producer, came out of a grad program at UNC in folklore and really had a deep understanding of Alice and the story of the music, more so than I did, I think, when I started. So Ashley, too, helped to craft the story, and, you know, I could bounce ideas off of her. She did a little workshop with me about the, the uh, I forget, the acts of a story and I felt like a little kid kind of get, getting a lecture and how acts are put together and what happens in each. So that was that was fun. Uh, the film really has, uh, you know, Alice as a woman. I think the, the, the eyes and ears of women are, you know, an important uh, part of this team that, that made the film, and I appreciate all of them. And there were also folks who... Filmmakers who came in to look at the rough cut and offered really, really important input and critique for Kelly and for me as we refined the film. So it, it was, it's a small film team. You know, it's not, we, we don't have a, it's not a huge budget and a huge team, but really quality filmmakers and creative folks uh, put their hands on this to make it what it is. I'm going to include a lot of the team within your show notes so that I'll put your your films and a lot of the other links but then I'll also kind of expound upon a little bit of the creative team because I think 
this is another one of those illusions and myths that filmmakers operate under. You know, like, I don't think we have to know all the answers, but I think if we bring together the right team or the right band or the right tribe of people, all of a sudden this creativity and this community that's brought around this story, you know, becomes activated to tell this story. And I think that leads me to the, my next question, which is, listening to you talk about the community of filmmakers that came in to view rough cuts and to share notes that's something that i've i've benefited from and like oftentimes we don't ever get to talk about our creative communities is there any way to talk about that creative community because it doesn't have to be in la or new york because i think that creative communities that are bound together by more than just I live in New York, but there's actually a common thread and a common interest in the story. They actually make more powerful films that will stay around longer because they're made from a community for a community. But the community of Alice Gerard is this traditional folk music and being one of, if not the first female duo band within this music tradition. So I guess my simple question is, can you talk about the creative community around Durham? When I got into the filmmaking in the mid-90s, um, the, the folks making films was kind of just starting, and there was one organization in particular, the Southern Documentary Fund, which was founded in and around when I got into this. And uh, the Southern Documentary Fund offers fiscal sponsorships to filmmakers, and has a mission to tell Southern stories and support filmmakers living in the South. So part of the community that I've been connected to from the beginning have been filmmakers who have brought films to Southern Documentary Fund for sponsorship and have been part of that this community in Durham and in the Triangle of North Carolina. Filmmaking is a very solitary and isolating process as much as we're talking about community I think most filmmakers would agree that there's chunks of time where you are in isolation and just uh, working to get things done and it is the times when you do have a rough cut and you email friends and fellow filmmakers to come in Elizabeth Haviland James and uh, D.L. Anderson came to this session and they're both amazing filmmakers and having them in Durham making films but also giving time to support me and other filmmakers it is just amazing and important and it's hard sometimes to, to even ask for that help and when you get into your isolated world sometimes it's hard for me anyway to get out so I think Durham through the great town that it is it's a progressive city and I think folks filmmakers and the storytellers are moving to this area because it has this culture and this vibe that, that it can be supportive. I think it, that said, I think filmmakers in the South and in this area do get the short, short end of the stick sometimes from New York and L.A. and bigger cities. Um, grant makers uh, traditionally didn't always look as favorably on Southern storytellers. And this is all changing. So Durham, Durham's part of a wave, I think, where there are organizations. There's the Southern Circuit is a, a uh, touring festival that we're going to be part of. They 
it's huge. It's huge. Like as a filmmaker, this is not the first time I'm hearing of it. Even though I'm not a Southern filmmaker, one of the film festivals that has supported me the most, and I will forever thank Mary Dossinger and Christopher Holmes. They are two programmers and festival directors and programmers, I believe, at the River Run Festival. And the way that they support the arts and the way that they support the filmmakers, this is really where I heard about the Southern Circuit. And just for anyone listening who wants to be in Sundance or Tribeca, Sundance and Tribeca don't have anything like the Southern Circuit. Some of these major film festivals, in a lot of ways, have lost their way because they are able to program culture for a moment. And that moment is one to two weeks. And then guess what happens after that? The news cycle continues and no one cares. I've seen this happen with multiple films. And the way that the Southern Circuit curates and creates this tour for filmmakers to deliver culture to these underserved communities and just communities in general with this underserved culture which is these stories these films is one of the most amazing things i've seen i've seen this type of program happen in other places around the world the New Zealand Film Festival, which is actually funded by the New Zealand government and the New Zealand Film Council, has a similar tour. And they tour films around the different islands. And what they do is they actually give filmmakers, I believe, 25% of the box office. So I think for all the filmmakers listening, this Southern Circuit is one of the most amazing things I've heard of in American cinema that actually helps films reach audiences. And so the fact that you are part of this tour is amazing. I mean, it, you know, I, I really think it's one of the most important things happening right now. And I think it's part of a trend. The Big Sky Documentary Film Festival is using a similar tactic to help support filmmakers trying to develop their movies as opposed to coming in like having one one competition or one pitch session they say come to our festival and then we've arranged two or three more festivals throughout the year for you to participate in so that we can holistically support your development journey of the film congratulations so i, I like i'm excited for you <laughs> What are some of the responses that audiences are having to the film or what's happening with the film right now? We're kind of winding down our festival run. We have uh, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival's our next festival, I believe, uh, and then the Southern Circuit Touring Festival. Um, we're waiting for just a handful of festivals. Um, then, uh, and, and our festival experience has been really great. I've attended maybe a hand, half of them, three, four, five. Uh, we were at Milwaukee, Mill Valley. I wasn't at Nashville. What I saw from folks who came out to see our film is people are really moved by the film in different ways. Um, one, one gentleman came up to me after a screening and said, you know, this was the most moving film I've ever seen, which it was a little bit over-the-top amazing to get that kind of response, but I think uh, th there, there's a way that the film does touch people in different ways that, that I've really appreciated. And, and to be honest, there are a few sections in the film where I get chills and 
even tear up still. Um, so the response has been really good. It's it's a it's a very it's a unique way of sharing a story, and a lot of people who know Alice don't really know her her full life journey, which is you know why I made the film and and how the story is told. Um, so I think you know we've gotten into great festivals. We were we premiered at the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival. That was definitely a highlight of the film journey and to sh reveal the film in our hometown. And it was just really fun and a special celebration. And other festivals have been have been great in hosting the film. So and now we're also we're reaching out to to organizations and music camps, uh, Swananoa and others where Alice has taught to invite them to host a screening. Uh, so we're, we're kind of in the post-festival screening where we're, we're just looking to have communities bring the film and, and do, do some programming. It may or may not involve uh, music and to share this film. The other very exciting thing happening here in North Carolina is our presenting sponsor, the North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources, is partnering with us in the film, and they are sharing the film first with a hundred uh, public libraries across the state. And we just, uh, I just gave a, a box to them with a hundred DVDs that will go into public libraries for them to do their own programming. And in addition, we are planning events that will include Alice in Q and A's and some music at art centers and music towns and other places throughout the state. And those are going to be sprinkled through 2020. And this is all tied into a program called She Changed the World, Women, Women Breaking Barriers. She Changed the World, Women, Women Breaking Barriers in North Carolina. And it's a program that the department is uh, using to kind of tell the story of women making change and empowering others um, through music, politics, and all kinds of things. And it's really great to have You Gave Me a Song support that kind of programming to empower women, uh, tell these important stories about the, the role that women have played in, in the state and beyond. So this partnership I'm really excited about, and I'm, I'm grateful that the uh, Department of Natural Cultural Resources is helping us uh, get the film out. And then lastly, I'll just share, we, we are, I met with Ashley this morning and we're talking about a DVD release and I want to include in on the DVD some outtakes and uh, interview material that we didn't get in the film that will be kind of added bonuses. So the DVD should come out middle of the year. And then we will have a broadcast, uh, which we'll announce later in the uh, year, probably in the next month or two. So there's a lot happening. And I, I really also want us, Ashley and I have been talking about trying to get the film into smaller uh, communities, communities where the music uh, is still played and where it uh, was born or, or where it was really vital when Alice was learning in places like Galax and other parts of uh, the South. So having micro screenings and kind of engaging with audiences, again, that may not get to see the film otherwise uh, is another thing we hope to do in the coming year and, and beyond. As I was watching and listening to the film, 
I was like, wow, a DVD and a soundtrack combination would just be so wicked. I was curious, is there anything like that going on? or? So we are looking into having a, a bundle with a DVD, and I've been uh, emailing with Alice. I, I kind of created a list of her music that's in the film um, that, that could be included on a CD in addition to the film that would be kind of a soundtrack. We have issues with music licensing, so some of the fi- music we can't distribute that way. Um, because the big boys don't want us to and would come after us with, you know, mean people. I'm kind of excited to think about, you know, you have a, 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 the film and then the music from the film that folks can just listen to, and um, that is something that's in the works, and we're trying to figure out how to make it happen. Oftentimes in filmmaking, when you're finishing the last film and distributing it, then all of a sudden another film comes up. It's almost like the creative energy, you know, spawns another creative energy and then another project kind of emerges. Is there anything that you're working on now or thinking about uh, after this film? You know, a chunk of my time is spent trying to get the film out and working on the various fronts of broadcast and the DVD, prepping that. But, uh, this year, uh, I, I kind of decided that there are a few film projects that are quasi in process that are on the back burner. One is a film about the African drum and the role of the drum in African dance and the, the drum as a character in that art. Um, and we, we've interviewed some really important artists who are African drummers or who have been instrumental in in moving forward the African dance art form. That film is on the back burner because I I kind of want to dig into election and civic work between now and November. Um, I I think we're at a time in in our country's history where voting rights and the vote need to be. Uh, supported and celebrated and encouraged and anything that uh, we can do to ensure that come November we have huge participation uh, and all the multitude of voices participating freely and having their vote respected and uh, that's kind of what I'm focused on now so there's a uh, I've reached out to some organizations working in this civic engagement and kind of democracy building realm, and I, I'm hoping to do some you know, non-film related video production work to to support this important uh, moment we're in. So that's kind of my 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 energy is focused in that in that way right now. Um, and. One project, a, a friend uh, who's a professor at Duke University has brought me into a project uh, that's focused on student, uh, university student voting and kind of building up the participation on campuses across uh, North Carolina. So I've, I'm working with him and with students to try to get that uh, demographic engaged and understand uh, why their vote matters and why uh, it's important to to vote. That's one one project, and there's some others that are 
kind of in the works. I, I'm hoping to, you know, dig into them in the coming months. I think it's really important for filmmakers to understand that you don't always have to make a film. Sometimes your craft, when applied to a short form and an issue that really helps society, like civic engagement in an election, you feel the power and the impact of your stories quicker. Because sometimes 10 to 20 one-minute videos really impact and move a community forward, and they're activated to, to help uh, society or, or to help with that issue. So, so I think it's really important. And then historically, a lot of the great artists, writers, musicians, journalists, the, the one that came to mind while listening to you was uh, Gabriela Garcia Marquez. Whenever the <laughs> politics of South America got so much, he stopped writing the magical realism and, and he returned to straight journalism. Just because he realized that, hey, I need to support what's happening here, not with magical realism stories and novels, but I need to you use my station to help communicate a very direct message to make sure that we stay on track, you know, yeah. as a people, as a planet, as a society. So that's where my brain and my energy wants to be. And uh and we'll see how it goes this year. That's uh, my. The, the, I'm always open to new ideas, uh, film ideas, and that's many of my films come from folks, you know, bringing ideas to me or in conversation, you know, learning about people or things happening that uh, I, I'd like to to uh, explore through film. But um, but now I think uh, I think that you know that kind of work is where I'm wanting to be and um i can continue to do some of the other stuff too but yeah i think that's a really good um good thinking because i've had to do the same like i just realized that if you can make a film every you know two to three years and like release it well then you've got to do other stuff that's that keeps the bills paid but also keeps your storytelling muscle and filmmaking muscle going and then to be value aligned with that work i think is really important because there's so many filmmakers out there doing work that they don't believe in, and then they have to take that conditioning and then try to make a film that they do believe in. And I think that's a really strange place to be. So for all the listeners who want to continue to follow the journey of You Gave Me a Song, The Music and Life of Alice Gerard, how do they follow it, and, and where do they find you? You can connect with us, and we would love you to, on our film website, which is alicegerardfilm.com. And on the website, you can learn more about the film. You can learn about upcoming screenings. You can contact us uh, if you have an idea or a, a desire to bring the film to your community. Uh, you can donate to the film. We're still uh, working through the Southern Documentary Fund to accept tax-deductible donations to help cover music licensing and, and other expenses that we've incurred. And you can join our newsletter. There's a, a little form. You can give us your email, and we send a newsletter out every couple of months, maybe even every three months. You won't get a lot of newsletters, but we like to keep folks up to date on what might be happening with the film. And also... Uh, we have a Facebook page, which there's a link on our website to that. 
Um, so you can like us on Facebook and share our uh, semi-frequent posts. And we're also on Twitter, which we don't do a whole lot, but that would be another place that you can you know, hit the link from our website that at the bottom of the uh, page. There's a Twitter and a Facebook link. You can connect that way. And you know, we are always looking to build the community and expand our reach so we'd love you to do that and shout outs about the film are great um all of that so when we have dvds ready and broadcasts happening the more people who can shout out and network and spread the word the better so we're we're not we don't have a a big pr department so we count on other folks to help us uh reach out and and grow the community of uh, folks who who love Alice and her music and the film. For people listening, if they're on the fence about watching the film, if you could say one or two or three things. For me, I know I had, you know, a couple really heartfelt moments during the film, and by a couple I mean three to five. (laughs) And so it, it moved me and it touched me because it made me think of my single mom it made me think of all my friends who were musicians just going on that journey and then trying to find their community. And so is there anything you could say as the creator of You Gave Me a Song, The Life and Music of Alice Gerard? So I didn't know Alice's music or I didn't know Alice before I made the film. So one of the reasons I make the film is the more that I learned about her music and her life, the, the more amazed I became, the more curious I became. And, and I, uh, I think that I had uh, not experienced and listened to old time and traditional music and bluegrass music very much. So to folks coming to the film uh, who don't know Alice, don't know the music, I would say, you know, be curious. Uh, open yourself up to new music, uh, new sounds, and... To this story, which it's it's a really complicated story. It's about a lot more than music. It's about family, like you said. It's about family relationships, uh, the history of music, uh, Southern culture, uh, the important voices of elders um, who preserve stories and music, and so much more. It's it's about women, the power of women, the role of women in music. Uh, Alice is, is an inspiration and role model. Hazel Dickens is an inspiration and role model. There are many. So there's, there's a, lot, uh, a lot of things you will learn and you will, you will grow uh, in your understanding of, of this American musical tapestry that Alice has contributed to. I would just say be curious and you know, take, take a spin watch the film, and I can pretty much guarantee you'll, you'll get something out of it, whether or not you know Alice Gerard. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot, a lot of messages, a lot of, a lot of potential for teachers to use the film in teaching about uh, U.S. history and uh, about these kind of universal themes of the human experience. This film, you know, carries a lot a lot of little micro lessons, I think, about life that are really valuable. And uh, I think that's why people are really feeling the film deeply and, and taking away from the film or 
feeling the film changing them and and making them making them think differently and in new ways about music and about you know the musical journey and the role it plays in our life which is what Alice says in the film is you know music is rooted in experience and you know what does that mean what does that you know how does music connect us to the human experience and this film shows one way that this one very important musical figure made that happen and contributed to it and also drew from the tradition and the music and from the experience so and if that doesn't get you to watch the film you know maybe next year you'll come around to it I don't know thank you for listening to this episode I believe you gave me a song the Life and Music of Alice Gerard is out now on PBS stations. So I encourage you, please, to watch this movie. It is a deeply heartfelt documentary that follows Alice Gerard's journey. And even though I wasn't familiar with Alice Gerard before the movie, the movie did have a really, really nice impact. And I did enjoy watching it and discovering all of her music and her creative contributions to this American Roots musical genre. We will also be interviewing Ashley Melser, who is the producer of this wonderful, wonderful documentary. And so look out for that podcast because this is a wonderful companion piece to kind of listen to the director and the producer of one film as they go through the journey to bring this story to audiences. The host and producer of this episode is Josh Hyde. The music was provided by Michael J. Deller of the Budos Band and Charles Bradley and his extraordinaires. Thank you for listening, and if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you really, really like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you, and we will see you next time on the American Filmmaker Podcast. Mm-hmm.